six months ago, Social Chain got a brand new managing director, Pete Metcalf. Now, before he joined our ranks, Pete was director at Carrots UK and Dentsu. So he's experienced social's growth over the last 10 years firsthand. And he's seen the difference in how social media is sold as a service in that time. Now, in this episode, he tells us all about the state of the commercial landscape today. Yeah, Pete comes with a wealth of experience across traditional agencies and now a social-specific agency. So we covered so many things in this pod, all about different agencies and different landscapes, including why you shouldn't be a brand on social, but be a social brand, why specialist agencies are on the rise, but may not be the long-term answer, and why agency foes should become friends to achieve maximum success. Pete, welcome to Social Minds. It's so good to have you on here. And I don't know how much you've listened to the podcast before, um, but for those of you who are familiar, you'll know that every week we ask our guest our overarching question. And the one we have for you today, Pete, is how do agencies have to sell social media services today? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. You know, I think there's there's lots of different parts of that, which hopefully we can kind of get into today. But clearly, you know, the key thing for me is being really clear about the people that you're kind of putting forward in terms of being at the forefront of social media. We all know that it's ever changing, you know, whether it's algorithms, formats, platforms, and just really being clear that regardless of where that change may occur, you know, we are best placed and, you know, we have the people that can kind of be at the absolute forefront of that. So, yeah, I think, you know, I'm sure hopefully we can get into it a little bit more detail and, and you know, people make businesses. We all know that. But clearly that's the most important thing from a social media perspective, because ultimately you have to be 10 steps ahead, never, never mind one step ahead. So, yeah, I think that would be key. Yeah, definitely. I mean, how long have you been at Social Chain for now? Are we at the six month mark yet or is it approaching? Yeah, we're just about to hit the six month mark. So obviously I've had the pleasure of working with a number of people, including your lovely selves. And, you know, I think that it feels like six years. That's the first thing to say. <laughs> I don't know if that's um, a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> Hopefully it I sounds think, tired of us already. I think it's a bit of both. You know, I think, you know, my, my experience today and my career today has been moving around quite a lot, but in quite a kind of traditional way, you know, climbing the career ladder as it kind of sets out in front of you. Whereas the beauty of being in here is that like things change so quickly, the kind of perfection of chaos is kind of the the place that I see as that. And what that brings is the the ability to basically see people walk through the door and then pitch to massive global clients within, you know, three weeks of being through the door. Yeah, that's one of the virtues for sure, isn't it? I mean, it's a different beast, but that's one of the reasons um, that we wanted to, to get you on here today and talk about this because you've had, you know, a career in traditional and now obviously moving on to social. So I want to know what the first thing is that struck you when you started working for a social only agency. Um, you know, when it comes to like our process and our approach and pitching and things like that and the work itself, just how it compares to the more traditional uh, places where you've worked. Yeah, I mean, you know, th there's lots to unpack there. Um, but I think one of the most important and integral pieces for me is that whilst I've been working around digital for my whole career, we talk about audiences and we talk about change and we talk about, you know, the proliferation of the digital economy and, and where it's come to. But often we're doing that from a point of view where we're kind of looking in and we're, you know, and clearly we've got, we've had and I've worked with some amazing practitioners at all the businesses that I've been at, some brilliant strategic minds, but 
rather than talking about the audience, the thing that's really bowled me over is like, we kind of are the audience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can go through copious amounts of formal training to understand platforms and different algorithms and whatever it may be. But bringing that authenticity is is a massive point of difference. And, you know, I'm assuming it's like that generally at kind of social first agencies. But I mean, I have to say, obviously, that that maybe not at the, the level or scale that we see at Social Chain. And, and that has been the real point of difference for me. Yeah, you, you touched on there about change. I mean, we know how quick it changes. You know, social is constantly evolving right and social change motto is first fearless and ever changing so i think that says it all obviously the level you are in, and especially in c-suite i think when you you look at challenges it's slightly different to when you're kind of new and like you say entering the business there so looking at those challenges and looking at how quick social moves i think the main thing for me is when you look at scaling a business so when you try to scale a business that's dictated by you know constant change and the industry's constantly being upheaved What's the biggest challenge there for you? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's, there's lots to consider. I suppose the only thing to preface a little bit, when I said like, we are the audience, I might not have been talking personally, like, you know, to, to go on <laughs> records, you know, I don't fall into Gen Z quite for my, for my sins. But yeah, I think, I think you know, definitely there's that uncertainty i suppose you could you could put it when you're in a position that basically you know from one day to the next there might be a focus on a brand new platform you know at the start of lockdown if we'd have really reflected on the fact that tiktok would go from being somewhere that i was doing you know maybe dances in my front room with my daughter to taking over google in terms of search i mean yeah. you can't really predict that right so yeah. i think that the main point is to be upbeat and positive about uncertainty actually like tip uncertainty to a positive that's going to be a difference maker for you in the business and and making sure that people all wholeheartedly buy into that that said you know you still have to have one year, three year, five year plans, you still need to be focused on the future and growth is is essential to any business. So I think the other part of that is making sure that you're clear on your vision and where you want to take the business. You're also kind of really transparent and you have absolute clarity in what the bigger picture is basically um, and making sure that you, you, you know, you're talking regularly to the business about that bigger picture. I think there's also that notion that, you know, how do you scale a business when you're only as good as your last campaign? You know, I'm used to being in businesses where you win a pitch, you sign a contract, that contract's minimum 12 months. So like, how do you really look to scale that business when you're as good as your last campaign? You make sure that you're giving clients reason to to work with you again. You're making sure that that last campaign is, is not just your last, it's your best. Um, and I think that kind of just making sure that that standard and that kind of perception of, of what we deliver as a business just runs throughout. We're reflecting a little bit this on our offsite, like what you've got now in, in social is you've got this like proliferation of specialist agencies. So you're either doing influencer or you just decided that you're going to do, I mean, I saw there's a TikTok live specific agency now that's, mm. that's in London. And I think, you know, you can either see that as a challenge or you can embrace it. And I think one of the things that when I stood back with the leadership team for the first time about a month ago is like, we're kind of, social gen are kind of like the Swiss army knife of social, you know, we're able to, to take a brief through the line and we're able to take just an influencer brief. And whilst, you know, business practitioners might say, well, you need to double down on something. I think that's actually how you scale and how you survive that change. I think that's um, 
a really good point, actually. I think when when growth is the brief and with this industry being so ever-changing, it can be difficult to know which horse to bet on. So whether it is TikTok or Be Real or, you know, podcasting as it was once, you made some good bets, made some bad ones too, I think. But to your point, Pete, there about the fact that specialism agencies like that TikTok live agency, what happens when that's no longer popular or no longer commercially viable? I think the benefits of being a full service agency, but, you know, staying on one format, whether that's like social or out of home or whatever. Um, yeah, it's like easier to survive. I guess you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, I would I would say they're obviously riding the crest, right? So yeah, you know, what like happens say, when that when, changes? When they go. And I think that Swiss army knife approach is, is really nice because it, it gives you, you know, one minute you can flick something out and then you go on to another one depending on where you're going. I guess the question there would be, you know, social first campaigns, for example, are they something that traditional agencies who do offer everything, you know, paid creative PR design, they're technically Swiss army knives as well, albeit massive ones. Are they able to tackle competently for their clients a challenge in social or do these specialist agencies, are they still essential like your TikTok agencies or can traditional do that? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because you're kind of talking about like two layers there, right? So, you know, our potential future competitor set is a specialist. It is a TikTok agency that, that nails it and gets it right. I mm-hmm. think then if we look a layer above, like, you know, we've also got that competitor set who are more traditional agencies that are certainly taking social seriously, but, you know, it, it's perhaps not table stakes like it is for us. It's really difficult to say, because obviously like my first reaction should be, yeah, clearly come to social chain, come to a social first agency for all things <laughs> social. But um, but the point really is that, again, like it comes down to the people in the business that have the expertise in that, in that certain kind of nuance early and then r- rolling with that and just building on that. But also it just, it comes from a, a kind of at the C-suite understanding what's next or at least accepting that you need to look at what's next it's very easy in traditional agencies which i've grown up in so i'm you know i'm not going to bash traditional agencies but it's very easy to focus on like what is going to be valuable to us commercially right now what is going to be what is going to impact our trading book what is going to impact our relationship with that media owner and you know to be frank when it comes to social that isn't really part of the equation you know facebook are at scale where trading agreements aren't even part of the conversation you know so it does give you more breadth i suppose and more opportunity to go where the audience is take the brief with the right mindset you know not have any kind of limitations in terms of the brief so there's a place for traditional agencies but it all comes down to how seriously they take it and actually whether or not the c-suite looks at okay what's next not what's now i think is is the short term the weetabix episode with gareth turner mm-hmm. and you mentioned the 70 20 10 yeah in terms of a traditional you really approach. internalized that avenue it's a great <laughs> piece of advice i think i think potentially traditional agencies could adopt that where their 10 percent is that sort of you know, gambling on TikTok potentially or gambling on podcasting at the time. Yeah, yeah I go I fully biased here now though. Like some of the social stuff, it depends on the agency. Like some of the traditional guys 
do social campaigns really well, but it's not what they do best. So like it's still something I think that like we could do better. But again, I'm fully biased. Um, and I know we've said we're not going to bash traditional. We're not here to bash other formats today. But we've talked about this before, Pete. And some t- uh, once upon a time, that was sort of the prerogative for you know social media upstarts because we were fighting for you know not just budget but all this retail space. Um, and I guess to be taken seriously. So when we're talking about how we have to sell social media services today, and uh, that almost uh, I don't know competitive nature has taken some out of it because we're not in competition with other mediums for that budget what has this meant for the way that we you know bring those pictures into the room and take them to brands uh when we're not having to fight for attention can we be a bit more mature about it or how has that changed the angle there yeah i think you know the the days of stepping into boardrooms and saying you know being a little bit mischievous it was very much like tv is dead (laughs) do social instead so this is not true (laughs) yeah being like the provocateur in the room when you're kind of pitching social it's like trite now it's like oh okay well we know we need to do it like even my grandma's on Facebook like I get it you don't have to you know but but equally I do think that there's a, a way in which you can speak to that audience where you can still show that you've got the vision around where you take the brand or where, where you know, we talk about this kind of don't just be a brand on social, be a social brand, you know, to, to kind of really get their mindset adjusted to how they need to operate in social. I still think that we have the authority to do that. But I think you use the word grown up. I think that you've just got to be more grown up about it rather than it being a, you know, this kind of kind of provocation in a room. It's like, well, yeah, okay, we get it. Um, I also think that, you know, being more so than any other discipline that I've ever worked around, you've kind you do have the opportunity to prove your chops, as it were, in kind of tangible stuff. So like I think about some of the pitches that I've been lucky to be part of since I've been here that we've won. Like great success rate. I know Eve, you're part of that recently and getting some amazing feedback from clients. But I think for for me it's it's one of those where you can show them, you can literally show them like what social what a good social campaign is. Whereas if you're operating with another traditional form, like what you're going to show them like spot times on TV or like, yes, mm. you can show them really good TVRs, but I mean, everyone's seen a TVC or a TV. It's very TVRs. tangible, isn't it? It's yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really tangible and getting in the room and showing them, you know, I think about the pictures that we've been successful on so far. That's basically what we've done. You know, we haven't, we, we might have ground it in strategy and approach, but we've literally shown them what we'll deliver. And I think that's a big, uh, yeah, it's a big one. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That I always talk about, you know, kind of watching. I think we spoke again in the Ryanair episode uh, where we kind of you put some out there and you can physically see. Yeah, the results it's like that live environment test, isn't mm. it? Exactly. Yeah, I've always loved that moment about social, and you're absolutely right. You know, in pictures, you can you've got physical results in front of you. I think that's where social's so different. I do actually think sometimes it's not conducive to the best creative work to make one medium or format out to be more relevant than another, though. Which is why I mm. like the fact that we're doing less bringing other things down recently and more like finding where social fits in that wider mix especially if you're working with a client on an out of home campaign that they're like that's their you know campaign mm-hmm. for the year and they want social to fit in that seamlessly um it's how it sort of works with everything else that we've been able to like really perfect recently i agree i think that you know you, you have hit the nail on the head i think collaboration is the kind of big focus here like obviously marketing budgets are marketing budgets like that there will never be a point in time where as a social agency, we want the whole pot. So I think we need to be clear that actually a, a kind of a really 
varied comms plan is the right way. And that will mean working with other agencies. Like if I think about the really good work we've done with clients recently, it's when we've collaborated, it's when we're adaptable, it's when we've taken a brief and worked with the creative agency and we've worked with the media agency. Like often that is genuinely the best result for the client. And you've got to accept that and you've got to kind of move with it, not against it. We've preempted my next question there pretty nicely. So I was going to talk about other agencies and working with other agencies. Now, I don't know whether it's just because we're in the circle of agency and client land, et cetera, but I I just don't get the feeling that too many people outside this circle realize that so-called competitors in terms of agencies from PR agencies to paid agencies, creative design, socials, TV, so many, they actually work together more likely to be partners yeah (laughs) Yeah. and it's it's almost that sense of yeah kind of rivals coming together to work on things and i think a a good anecdote here was when i i mean again talking about you know coming and working on mega campaigns when you join social now my first campaign was launching the london marathon for new balance so that was a great campaign that was one of the good ones yeah that (laughs) was i joined not long after you and it was the one of the first ones i saw it was huge i remember thinking god like we're really good at this yeah and obviously i mean a huge learning curve for me as well there but what again i because i'd n- never really been open to these circles before i didn't realize how many other again competitors you'd be working with so in terms of that challenge of working with other clients agencies who they'll already have in place is there ever like a disconnect in priorities or objectives between them so for example you know you've got the tv agency and the pr agency they'll obviously have their own kind of priorities and then you've got your social agency have got other priorities or process when we want to work much faster than they do yeah well yeah, typically that's the way. Do you ever do you ever find that happens, Pete? I, I suppose I come from an interesting position that, you know, having worked for a, a full service media agency that was heavily acquisitive, actually, and brought a lot of businesses in, you know, you get to see like these businesses come in to add to the wider service set, which could be like, I think the master services agreement at my last place was like 150 services. So obviously that natural inclination when you're in the business is to focus on the potential when you're sat in a room that we could do that we could do that we could do that and i think you've got to understand that there's like a bit of a hierarchy here where not you have to sit not necessarily as a social agency but as any agency where you have to go do you know what they probably could or do you know what they're just doing that classic sell it and then figure out how you do it and i think that as soon as you like understand that actually you know any agency is just a grouping of specialisms whether that's like one prominent specialism or lots of specialisms and somewhere across that they're going to be really good at some stuff well you'd hope if it was their only specialism they're good at it but they're going to be really good at some stuff and not so great at the other and i would always advise anyone to like just put yourself in the client's shoes like the amount of times that historically, in fact, you know what? I think I may even did it with social chain. Like there was a client, a well-being client that is now on our walls that my previous agency worked with on a paid perspective. And we got to a campaign for a new year, new me, I think kind of brief. And it was very creative. It was very social. We kind of had a stab draft one. And I was like, I don't want to put this in front of the client because it's not what they want. We brought... I think it was Dom at the time. I think all pitched and all young chair. And, and we kind of got to a place where, do you know what? Let's work collaboratively. And it worked like it worked. Mm-hmm. And, and that was mm-hmm. just a moment of putting yourself in the client's shoes. It's very easy to have tunnel vision about your business being the best. And, but you've also got to accept when there's complementary services and skill sets. And like genuinely, when you get to that place where 
you understand that traditional media agencies, creative houses, specialists, there's, there's kind of room for everyone as long as the prevailing benefit is the client. Yeah, exactly that. I think you mentioned that at the very start, you know, the, the client work is, is, well, the quality of the client work is key. And I think, you know, if you've got those specialists who do work together, as long as they work together well, the, the quality is only going to go one, one way. And actually that reflects better on you having made that call than trying to do it and then work it out. And then, you know, maybe it doesn't go as well as you kind of thought it would do. And then everything's a bit of a mess. You know, if you kind of, there's no real like humble pie, I don't think. That's it. But no, you... the opposite of humble pie. I'm a fan of any situation where egos just get taken out of the equation. Mm, uh, exactly. And I love this idea of like just coming back to remembering why we're there. Like, obviously, from that side, you're serving the client's wishes and needs. But it's one of my favorite phrases. I've said it about six times on this podcast, and I will say it again. But why do you call it serving content? because you're serving it to somebody else right it's not for you and it's like the one thing i think everyone should always come back to is remembering it's not for you and if sometimes it means putting your ego to one side and accepting ideas from what would otherwise be a rival if it's in the best interest of the work why wouldn't you want to do that because like you said cal it looks everyone looks better at the end that way exactly and i think you know you also pay it forward like a little bit so being a little bit tactical and, and commercial about it you know if, if you if you take a loss on something that in the future you're going to develop and establish in the future then that will benefit you right so mm -hmm. you, you've got to understand like when to push hard and when to self-reflect in the right way as a business. Well, I want to take it back to one thing you said at the beginning uh, of our conversation, that a point of difference for us is the fact that we are the audience of the people we're speaking to. But I don't think that's, well, maybe uh, a little bit the case for us, but what, more widely in the industry, it's sort of the case everywhere because now digital natives or people who've grown up with tech since its early days are growing up to the point where they're entering leadership positions and they're now, you know, CMOs, ahead of marketings and uh, and managers in various areas. But what do you think the impact of that has been on the industry itself? So when we go back to selling those services um, and also the impact on the actual work that's being produced? Yeah, I think this is like a really interesting development that's only going to have more impact over the kind of coming years you know there's a there's not only a push because of the diversification of like consumption and audiences to have more digital natives you know maybe not in the c-suite but at least like banging the door as hard as they can and some yeah. in the c-suite but i think there's also a requirement based on the fact that you know we as an industry all accept that we need to be more diverse with our kind of recruitment. And, and that doesn't just mean kind of diversity of the individual and, and having a D&I policy, but it is definitely also having a, a kind of view on who we want to talk to. So like if there's a, a Gen Z insight agency that are kind of taking lots of briefs, the reason they're taking lots of briefs is because the people that are now wanting to understand that insight are literally senior at the client. So, you know, they're not going to go to a traditional insight agency. They're going to go to that Gen Z insight agency. So I think basically we need to do more. Uh, we need to focus more on it. We need to probably be a bit more purposeful about it. You know, you've got some some great initiatives. Like at, at the moment, you know, I, I'm speaking to a couple of businesses, which I'll kind of stop short of naming it here about getting us a little bit more kind of verified as a business on that footing and bringing kind of, diverse and kind of younger people into the business. I know we've worked with apprentices for a long time, but I think we've got to stimulate it more. That's, that's point one. I think we all know that I don't have the answer, but I think we need to stimulate it more. I think the exciting part of that is when more people get into those positions in 
as key decision makers, there's so much more conviction of their decisions as opposed to it being something that they feel they need to do, but they don't actually act on. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know I need to do something with TikTok, but oh God, help me. You know, th- if you've got someone who's in the C-suite, who's actually kind of come from a, a, a background that isn't traditional and is now making decisions, they're going to have the conviction to go with things. They're going to have a view on, you know, let's let's just get on with it. Let's just focus on it working as opposed to, you know, going back to the the marketing plan that we've had for the last three years. And I think that will shift the business and that will shift ultimately the industry in the long term. So yeah, I think we could be hopefully on the cusp of quite a transformation in that regard. It does have trade-offs though. Definitely has trade-offs in the sense that Going back to your point of like walking into a C-suite and going like, we're the social innovators, we know what we're doing. <laughs> like, you can't do that now. <laughs> like, you just, so, you know, it definitely has trade-offs for some businesses that have, have tried that model. But yeah, I mean, it's super exciting. Like, it's a really exciting part of where the industry is going. It'd definitely bring the age of a C-suite down, wouldn't it? I was just thinking if you're yeah. social native. Well, see, I can see pros 20, and cons. 29, 30, maybe the latest. You're keeping me out of that bracket, Carl. I'm sorry, purpose, sorry so. no, I'm I'll trying to forget how close to 30 I am. Like, it's making me sad. <laughs> but, in ter- but in terms of that, I, I do like that approach because, I mean, I do find that the younger generation, it's not naivety. It's probably just l- less that they kind of don't need to know the rules have figured it out as they've gone and social evolves and, and they kind of, they're sort of like chameleons in a way. And yeah, I, yeah. I think that helps with it decision making. It definitely helps, yeah, because they don't have all that rules like blocking correct. like ideas before they even get them out exactly that and i think yeah in terms of pros that would definitely obviously cons experience wise slightly younger but i think I'd, I'd like to see more of it i think i think you're absolutely right there yeah i think it also means that you know there's less kind of places to hide i suppose you know if you've got someone who's sat in front of you who gets social understands comms maybe does a bit of editing you know kind of has their own YouTube, whatever, I'm exaggerating to make the point, but you know, you, you kind of have to really be up to par on what you're talking to a client about. They're coming from a place of experience in lots of different facets, not just, I know how to run marketing for my brand. So yeah, I think it it's, it's yeah, it's really interesting like where that goes. I think the other thing as well is like, they're probably more to your point, Kyle, they're more like up for embracing opportunity. You know, you kind yeah. of describe like blissful ignorance of just like growing up in it. It's like constant opportunity. So I think, you know, that they're, they're, they're probably going to place bigger bets on where the business goes next or where the brand goes next that they're responsible for. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I think it comes from even like, you know, when Reels gets introduced and gets pushed, um, as it has been doing over the last few months, you know, people change the strategy and people then start making short form videos instead of nice pictures. And, and like, they're not afraid just to change this up. And I think that's what you'd see there. Just going back to before then, when we're talking about um, kind of different agencies working with each other. Listeners of this pod and Eva special know that I like coining phrases that yeah, aren't mine. like saying he's made <laughs> phrases. And there's yeah, one there's nothing, wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. I think I've coined uh, Content Graveyard, which then I found No, I accidentally attributed existed. that to you. You got all the undue oh, credit right, so, from oh, well, me. I mean, that was definitely mine. But and yeah, there have um, been several. I had social factors as well. It turned out Puma had been using that for multiple years. Anyway, um, <laughs> I have another one. Social out of home. Because again, it's been it's been done. <laughs> It's a thing. Okay, but I'm having it. Social out of home is really interesting to me because essentially what it is, is brands putting up a traditional billboard for like an hour, 45 minutes, but sending in a photographer on the ground, taking pictures of 
that billboard when it comes up, right? They only pay for an hour on on screen or it might be a day, but they only they don't run it for 10 days like a traditional billboard campaign. Because that's not what they want it for. Because mm. they don't want it for... They want the picture for LinkedIn. Exactly. They, it's social <laughs> yeah. out of home. They want it for social. So it, it tends to be as well, you know, like this billboard could be in a back alley somewhere that the reach of the footfall is not that high but then you put that on social because it's like a mega yeah. billboard like you them, get that think, authority don't you do you remember the um oh what's it called autoglass i think it was yeah. yeah where the had the car underneath and something from the billboard had fallen yeah. into the, the, the glass really clever it wasn't in a hot location it wasn't like prime time. It was just in the back back somewhere. And they're basically taking pictures of that and put that on social. Now, I found that really interesting. And also, I mean, Photoshopping billboards has become so popular. And this is oh, yeah. where I see like this world sort of intertwining between traditional out-of-home social. Do you ever see a world where a social agency then expands the other way into out-of-home or TV and, and where all experiences then actually stem from social? Wow, it's a big question. I thought you were going to drift off into like Lewis Capaldi putting his naked image I on saw him. It, yeah. And then that, that yeah. definitely went viral, right? That wasn't yeah, necessarily did. about but Again, so socially <laughs> viral. I mean... Well, on the poster, I saw I saw a TikTok of someone take one of those off the street, take it home and put, put it up in their house. Yeah. So that's socially viral. It's TikTok. Yeah. yeah. You know, obviously he's, he's out that's of home, social but socially home, viral. Yeah. 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 We're just validating his new phrase, uh, Eve. Like, we're just giving you him are, more, I mean, more ammunition. More people <laughs> use I'm sorry. That. You can tweet me that, it please. It makes him happy. It's all right. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's a big question, right? I think the scale of the market in TV in particular, you know, albeit limited growth, and I might get some people coming after me for that, but like limited growth, but still growth, the scale is like massive. So to think that beyond just conceptually social informing TV as a buying or measurement metric, because these like these measurement frameworks like Barb or whatever it might be in TV and tradi traditional media is so well established, so well standardized. And actually that is, that is the, the difficulty for social is that there's, you know, there's almost too much to measure, you know, when you st start talking about KPIs. So to like go fully out on it, influencing it, I don't know, I'm gonna sit on the I'm gonna sit on the fence on that one. Apologies. Oh, we but, don't like that on this but, podcast. I know. I was about to say, but I do think, like um, conceptually, going back to my point, yeah, definitely. Like creatively, definitely. You know, when you I, when you're coming up with ideas around creative in particular, like gone are the days already of that notion of we'll just take a cut down TVC and put it on social. Like, I think everyone is like knows that that oh, is some traditional agencies are still doing that yeah, and that's well. that's like what we talked earlier i'm not bashing them yet but when we talk about you know if they're doing that 10 percent of socials sometimes it is like stick to what you know and stick to mm. what you do best but i mean yeah. creatively the potential if social chain did out of home just like think how integrated they'd be because yeah. we've got that like prior context that we're coming from it's not trying to yeah put out of home on social it's making that social out of home but more than the like just for a linkedin picture like yeah. actually the whole creative thing yeah i think i think creatively yes is like let me get off the fence i like think creatively yes <laughs> but i do think if you're gonna uh, informing the buying mechanism for out of home and tv is a long way to go because one they've been like established over a long time two the scale is still there the reach is still there but i do think there is this switch towards like attention right and and you know again every agency talks about attention so uh, you know this is nothing new but what you're basically talking about is two mediums coming together to kind of garner attention in different places so i do, i do think that there's definitely scope the other thing that ultimately you know once we get better at general 
kind of measurement frameworks or attributing ROI to social, that's where it like could change massively because obviously, you know, the programmatic world tried to link in with out of home and it's still something that's ongoing. Um, but obviously the lockdown didn't help in terms of like nobody traveling and maybe that's back on track with some of the more digital out of home practitioners, but that is still based off like CPMs, buying, trading. It's less based off kind of what the, you know, attention metrics. So I think, I think you'd have to change the framework of measurement for it to influence everything, but like creatively, like absolutely. Actually, we interviewed someone not so long ago who, who, who didn't move forward, that we didn't move forward, but was amazing by the way. It just isn't the right time, but he actually was part of the BA uh, lookup campaign, which took the live data from flights and then had the little, uh, the, the kind of lad playing with a balloon. And then it said, look up, it, you looked up and then the plane that flew past was the actual flight number. Like, so like when there's a real kind of innovation of it coming together, and there's a hashtag like look up or whatever that that is when it really works but i mean that's one example that's probably five years old that i'm still talking about so i think there's yeah there's, there's a long way to yeah, go yeah not done enough i think i agree with you there though it's like the difference between that idea comes to you and you know that it's right as opposed to like feeling forced to do that every single time you can still use your coining though cal that's fine yeah thank you yeah <laughs> cheers pete that definitely is mine <laughs> okay we've got a meaty one to round things off with predictions mode where would you maybe not where do you see but where would you like to see the social landscape in five years from an agency perspective what do you think or what do you hope will be better at by then um on an industry-wide scale be it how clients think of us how we work with them um or how social really fits into that sort of wider marketing mix that we've talked about yeah i mean that is a big one here's me too they always are big <laughs> questions that's what we do best so yeah i mean the, f the first thing is you know might sound a bit off marketing topic but we collective we somebody we've got to get hold of like the conflicting narratives particularly with what we talked about with the gen z audience that you know not only are going to be the audience of the future that we talked about a lot of but ultimately are grappling with like real life challenges climate change cost of living mental health pandemic you know i think there's definitely something about moving away from that polarizing toxic place that social can be and like i i don't want to like distract you know it was from a marketing conversation but i definitely think that collectively as an industry like focusing on the social for good is something that we need to move towards in the next five years because there's lots of it and yeah. it, you know I'd argue that is a marketing conversation because brands hold so much influence over the platforms and the discourse there yeah and look no one's got the the answer but i do think that you know we certainly need to have it at the front of you know our minds in terms of every campaign that we deliver in terms of the audience that we're talking to in terms of the briefs that we will take and won't take all those kind of things you know and, and we could talk all day on that subject but i do think that collectively that's something that that needs to be of a absolute priority i, I think that you know I, I could sit here and talk like give you my Hot metaverse take or my hot web three take. It doesn't but, have to be what what you think but, is going to happen because as we've covered, nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, but well, what you would like to happen. Kind of, that's kind of what I was getting to. Like I, I I'm not gonna sit here and do that because I think like the only thing that's constant is change, right? So I I definitely think that the 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 brands that are gonna win are the ones that deal with that pace of change faster than others. You know, the importance mm. of keeping moving, the importance of understanding that like future in industries, future trends, future marketing opportunities are defined in years, not decades. Career experiences that we've already talked about are now defined in like months, not years. Like we, we've seen that. 
you guys are evidence of that. You know, that that's something that, you know, is going to be happening more and more. So I kind of feel like the, the obvious maybe advice would be to, you know, to absolutely focus on that and lean into that and, and like understand that whether it's, you know, kind of the decentralization of social like discord or whether it's be real or whether it's TikTok being the biggest search engine now, like just being in a position where you're definitely saying yes to the new and and not just focused on the mainstream mix, like hundred percent. And then I think, you know, also understanding that basically those audiences that are, that are kind of in those spaces are your audiences of the future. So you don't have to be like a disruptive brand that is focused on kind of 18 to 24 to know that you need to start looking at, at like what's next. And ultimately, if you do that and kind of focus on a strategy for that, you'll build a sustainable audience for the future. Um, so yeah, look, test get involved I, th- I, th- I think it's difficult isn't it because you've, you've got lots of agencies that we talked about like focusing on the new shiny thing and like building businesses on that and i think like it's easy to get distracted by that but what they're doing fundamentally is trying stuff so like try more stuff right that's what we've got to do evolve or die springs to mind yeah <laughs> I mean, that was that was a good that, that, that sounds that, a bit better that one's than, taken that sounds a bit better than try more stuff i don't know why <laughs> i like try more stuff it's something there's something very endearing about simple copy don't set me off on a rant because i will i know but. yeah got the copy police in the building <laughs> <laughs> anyway that seems like a perfect place to end it but thanks again for coming and talking to us today i hope everyone at home enjoys this episode cool can i just say thanks as well obviously six months in it's taken me a little while to pluck up the courage to speak to our kind of superstars so yeah like thanks for having me good chat hope people listen and uh yeah cheers well that was an interesting episode eve i know we were looking at several different topics with pete to talk about and we kind of just ended up going into agency land and covering so many different kind of quirks about um you know how agencies work together i just like i said in the pod i don't think many people know the intricacies of day-to-day kind of agency life unless you're in it which i think might be quite interesting lifting a lid like that no definitely i mean obviously it's like quite a new well kind of a new specialism i mean the most experience you're ever going to get like you you can have like the maximum experience is what like 10 12 years Mm. maybe at this point so even if you've yeah like even if you've worked in social for as long as it's been around like as a social media professional you still probably haven't had that glance into the operational side of things and how actually when you know these businesses were starting up and uh you had to start selling it as a service how that proposition has actually had to change or, yeah. or or been allowed to change so you know we talk about the time when we were all saying like tv is dead print is dead and social is the only way you're ever going to get attention now because we wanted all the budget all the money all the time uh, and now social has been taken so seriously to the point where we don't have to do that anymore yeah um so it is becoming a more uh, a more mature channel in its own right and actually seeing the way it's been able to work with print or with tv or with out of home uh is i think you know, letting us see its full potential. Yeah, the rise of social, I mean, came from that you could do social on a budget if yeah, you know, it was if cheap no and it budget was fast. at all. You know, if you um, did it well, yeah. you could you could obviously get huge results on next and you know, costing you next to nothing. Now let's look at these specialist agencies. So you just say social agencies have been around for like yeah, 10, 12 years, but these specialist agencies that are popping up. So we did mention, you know, in terms of lifespan of these are they riding a sort of wave until the wave then disappears and then they come back as, you know, TikTok agency, for example, if TikTok then disappears off the face of the planet, 
what do they do? Because they go out of business because they've made it. So that that but agency, fifty people. What are yeah. the fifty people? Yeah, do, you've, you know? you've got to. They've got to lose their jobs, or you change your specialism entirely, which That's some agencies do. But then it's like it's a whole pivot. It's a whole thing. You've hired people on the basis of one specialism, and you have to change to another. Well, you've got yeah. You'd have fifty TikTok specialists. If you're then going on to a B real specialist. <laughs> well, yeah, you've got you to know? hire new people who, yeah. who know about the new thing. But that agency that Pete mentioned, he said it was a TikTok live agency. So it's actually a feature within a platform. Do you know what I, I think? I, I think it's a really stupid business model. <laughs> I'm not a businesswoman, but I don't I don't get it. But I do think that um, if if you're like us and you're like a full service agency, whether you are social like us or you're traditional, what have you, these little specialism agencies are great for you to partner with and use for consultation on specific briefs and campaigns um, because they will have that wealth of knowledge, but they're they're not going to be around forever. So I wouldn't work there, but I'd work with one. Yeah, I was going to sure. say, in terms of that model, I, I imagine the owners have set that up either as a get rich quick or with the purpose of an exit strategy of getting bought by yeah, sure. a social agency. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. for example, you know, social chain would acquire a TikTok specific agency. It's like little tech startups. So, like, they, they make their companies with, and the goal is acquisition by like Meta. Yeah, ride waves, yeah. constantly find a new wave, ride them. And yeah, either sell or exit or whatever it may be, go public with it, however, it, however they want to do it. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, I, I race it. I, it. It's not necessarily sustainable, you know, being so niche, but it's obviously working for some people. And I, I have to say, I do like the gamblers, the people who go all in on trends and, you know, literally build on, the building on sand, essentially. Yeah, Joe, I respect, I respect the hustle. I don't think I like the rhetoric very much anymore because I have gone off that sort of really polarizing black and white thinking like, this channel sucks, this one's the best one, mm. use this one. I mean, this is the consequence of talking to all these brands over the years. Like, my thinking has changed. Like, it really is dependent on the brand that you are, the category you're in. Yeah, um, I think And like, what's that. happening at that time. Like, there are still platforms that are going to be more relevant than others. I personally think TikTok is more relevant than Facebook right now um but then again you know we've got uh we've got a lot of brands like maybe in the food or like uh, fmcg space where uh, facebook's still a really effective channel so so what we're saying is generalization is better for I now i just think uh, introduce a little nuance into your thinking you know apply that critical thinking don't be so black and white it's not one thing over another it's got to be a bit more bespoke than that especially if the goal now for social is being more sophisticated in our approach mm. i think that's a big part of it mm.